Hello everyone, Jim Baker here, trying a new audio device. We're actually on the road right now, so I'm actually speaking into my iPod, so hopefully this audio quality is okay right now. But I wanted to apologize about last week. We did miss a week. Um, we were traveling. Jess was teaching in the Biblical Core course at YWAM Nashville, and so we were staying out there. And the internet connection wasn't very good out there, so I was unable to upload an episode. We even tried to go into town to a McDonald's, and same thing there, couldn't upload um, so, yeah, we apologize about that, but we did make it 27 episodes without uh, missing a week, and I'm pretty proud of that. So, uh, yep, uh, another just kind of housekeeping stuff. We're going to be taking a break intentionally, uh, November 25th, which is the day before Thanksgiving, and then the week of Christmas and the week of New Year's. So December 23rd and December 30th, we will not be posting episodes. So um, just so you know that that's going to be going on. But, yeah. I'm excited about today's interview. This is Gary Okamoto, who is a manager of Starbucks who also loves Jesus. So, enjoy. Inspiring stories, practical applications. Doing ministry well. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash doingministrywell. All right. Hello, everyone. Thank you for checking into another episode of Doing Ministry Well. It is the hottest day, I think, ever in the history of mankind right now. <laughs> I am currently wiping my brow with a paper towel because we don't have any fans on in my living room, and it is hot. But uh, anyway, I'm Jim Baker, your host. Thanks for checking in. Uh, today we are joined by Gary Okimoto, and uh, Gary, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Gary, our first uh, interaction that I remember... I was at the hymn conference at a YWAM booth, and uh, you walked up to me and told me my Starbucks drink. That was our first interaction. You said, uh, <laughs> venti soy white mocha. And I was like, what? Who is this guy? <laughs> um, but yeah, since then we've become uh, good friends. You've come and spoke at the YWAM base, but uh, Gary is the manager of our local Starbucks uh, that I frequent quite, quite often. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to have Gary on the show because we're really trying to take doing ministry well in a different direction. Um, before, we were really trying to aim it at pastors and people in full-time ministry, but uh, Gary is a great kind of segue for the new direction we're going. He is managing a Starbucks, but absolutely loves Jesus and is doing ministry as well. So we really want to open up this podcast to a greater greater. Uh, set of listeners as well as opening it up to new people to interview as well. So Gary, we're excited you're here. I'm excited to be here. Um, Gary, tell me a little bit about what you're doing right now and what you consider ministry and and uh, just what's what's work. Just tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, right now in, in terms of uh, ministry, um, just kind of in a ending of a busy season for ministry for me, we uh, just got back from a camp. We were running a children's camp, and uh, it's a top-to-bottom discipleship camp. In other words, uh, we are, uh, from from the very top, my role as director, I'm making sure I'm discipling the counselors, the leaders, and it's their role to then counsel uh, the their support staff. And from that, they're all working with and focusing on these kids to make sure they understand uh, who Jesus is and what he did for them. So uh, just I really just got back from camp and I'm excited and really pumped up from the camp, to be perfectly honest. Uh, other than that, um, 
like Jim said, I'm, I work at Starbucks. Uh, I actually consider it a ministry as well um, because I get to meet so many different people and work with so many different people. And uh, I get to find out about them and I'm able to pray for them. And uh, it's really, uh, if I, it's a job I really appreciate because it presents opportunities to share about Christ uh, in a workplace. So, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, this camp that you just got back from, uh, was that with your church or was that with another ministry? So that, um, it, it coincides with my church. I use it as a training camp primarily to see if it will, uh, if some of these people that we're bringing along are capable of going on uh, bigger, longer mission trips. Um, it is mostly directed from my church. Uh, I am the, I'm kind of in charge of the mission trip and, um, my church uh, supports us and our ministry. We've been doing this particular children's camp for now seven years. And so, uh, yeah, they've been supporting us. And then we uh, partner up with uh, Maui, uh, the MC, Maui County Baptist Association. Um, we partner with them. They have about 10 churches within their association. And they bring, they're the ones who bring in the kids that we get to work with. So That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Gary, last time I was in Starbucks and uh, saw you, you shared a testimony about one of the kids on his way home. Can you share that story? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a really, uh, uh, really exciting little praise. Um, there was this boy named Pono at the camp that we were at. And um, uh, it was the last day. It was actually just this past Sunday. We had just uh, got to camp. We are about to go to the, their church service in Maui. And a mom had shared with um, my connection in Maui and had said that uh, his, her, uh, her boy had a picture of Moses. And they were driving and posted the picture of Moses right up to the window of the car. And she was like, Pono, what are you doing? And, and uh, Pono replied, uh, I, I have to share the love of Jesus with everyone. And that's something I learned at camp. And to me, that was very encouraging that the youngest boy, this is the youngest boy uh, to go to camp, understood uh, some of the things we were saying. Yeah, it was Moses and most adults wouldn't get it. But the simple fact that uh, a kid understood that he needed to share Christ, uh, he's a second grader, is... Uh, is a praise for me and an encouragement as well. Mm, that's awesome. That's awesome. Gary, you are managing at Starbucks. You have a wife and you're really involved in your church. You're also involved with Him Ministries. How are you managing your time doing all of this? It's a great uh, question and it's gone through a, a long process of, of trying to figure out how to manage my time really well it's a really it's a it's quite a trek in itself but I think I have a pretty good system right now and I really uh, have to first start by praying and, and seeking God daily I think I wouldn't be able to manage that if I wasn't in regular uh, regularly spending time with God hmm. in prayer studying his word having accountability from from my church or, or other people around me and I think that's a big reason why I can continue to do as, as much ministries I feel I'm doing um, and, and part of it is planning I, I have to plan far in advance I have to with all the responsibilities I have I have to be um, proactive and I have to not wait so already for example 
I'm planning a mission trip for next summer and I'm already starting to create the curriculum for next year's children's camp. I can't wait. I have to start and I'm praying about it now and I think we have a good direction for next camp. So that's kind of how I, I'm balanced. And I make sure that I, I spend time with my wife, uh, which is very valuable for us. And uh, I try to, I try to uh, make sure we have a day of rest mm. um, some weeks are harder than others based on ministry but as long as we plan it out it works out mm. so planning is really the key to key to doing that well that's that's cool um, kind of a term that's kind of a buzzword right now I'd say is marketplace ministry uh, really churches are trying to equip people to be ministers wherever wherever they are in their workplace do you feel like you relate to that term marketplace minister uh I guess I guess I, I do in a sense I, I want people to I, I want to be a light in a dark place um, and I feel that's kind of a, a part of being in Starbucks I, there are I have Christian employees and I I have um, non-christian employees and I, I don't try to force the gospel on them I think that's a turnoff but I think that they all know that I am a part an active part of my church and the ministries that I'm a part of and so I guess that word could be thrown around. I, I don't really use it too often. Um, I don't want to uh, be a turnoff. I want to be there when some of these people at my work are struggling and I can be able to reach out to them or just listen and then say, hey, can I just pray for you? And, and by that point, if I haven't shoved anything down their throat, I, they normally give me the chance to at least pray for them so I That's get an awesome. opportunity. That's awesome. Do you have a testimony of God doing some pretty cool things uh, at Starbucks? Um, I, I do. It's kind of not from the store I'm currently at. Um, most of the, the cool things about the store I'm currently at is just the fact that I'm surrounded by so many ministries that I'm familiar with or work with, such as YWAM or um, the Hymn Conference. I didn't know their main office was here, <laughs> which was crazy to me, uh, considering how much uh, uh, I, I do with them. Uh, recently anyway and so that was kind of a praise but uh, in terms of outreach to some people there's been uh, I've been able to provide be a part of providing jobs for certain people within my church which was neat and then we became like a, a church family within Starbucks and lots of them were uh, intrigued and we got some people from my old store Proage Borders to uh, start coming to church with us for a little bit hmm. which was uh that's that's me was a praise if we can get them to come to church do ministry even with us uh it's funny you can really get people to do ministry i think um a lot easier than bringing them into a church service where they feel uncomfortable they want to uh it's it's easier to get people to help other people um in some senses well i'm happy to pick up some trash or give food to the homeless Mm. and so um because of that, I think that's been something that we've been trying to do more often. There, people are more willing to help, and in there you can throw in the gospel, you know, and you can throw in scripture, and and it's uh, something we're working towards more. Because they are afraid of, you know, if you imagine the first time you went into worship service and you weren't a Christian, and they're singing these songs, singing mm-hmm. these wild, crazy prayers, it's kind of weird, and it's, it's <laughs> if you're not used to it. You're saying all these weird words. It's you know. So trying to get them comfortable has always been uh, uh, what we've what I've tried to do. I think. Huh. I think yeah. You really just hit on something that I've never really 
really thought on that it's really easier to get people to come and serve alongside of your church family than it is to just come and attend a service. And I think that that almost kind of revolutionizes how we should be inviting people to be a part of what we're doing. That is a great in. Come come and join us and, and come serve with us. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think you have to be careful about it too, though. I mean, you don't want to give them maybe a leadership position, per sure, se. Sure. But you do want them to have ownership within the outreach. So there is that. But uh, normally, if you get that buy-in right there, oh yeah, I'll come to church with you. Right. That's cool. Um, yeah, and all of your, your time of, of ministry, either... I know you don't use the term marketplace ministry, but in in the uh, in the workplace or even in in church ministry, what would you say has been the highlight of that time? That that uh, to me is a is a hard question. I've been so I, I've been thinking one thing I've been really thinking about lately, I, especially coming back from that camp. Uh, just been so blessed lately, feeling so blessed to uh, be a part of that ministry that God let me be a part of that ministry. And I think what it comes down to when I really thought about or think about that is that uh, watching people grow closer to, to God. Uh, I'm thinking about a few people that I've really worked with for a while um, when they were they didn't really follow God into now where they are. And it's not necessarily because of me, but just to watch how God works through somebody's life through the span of a certain time is is encouraging. It's it's rewarding to even say, hey, look, I. God used me a little bit here, and uh, I just am thankful that He got to use me there. And and it's it's it is it's just rewarding. I think that's probably the best way that I could could answer it. I hmm. think hmm. that's good. Um, on the flip side of that, what's been your biggest struggle in ministry, and how do you feel like you've overcome that? I'd say my biggest struggle in ministry would come in terms of communication and power tripping. Um, I think that we. We uh, we're all sinners. We we easily um, make mistakes, and we we want to be heard, and we want to be needed, and I think that gets in the way of of ministry often. And so there is this fight for control, and there are a lot of times within uh, uh, ministries that I've served in where people were just uh, kind of um, conniving in the way that they were. Um, trying to take control when we were all on the same team we we're trying to do a family business here um, of serving and, and getting others to to believe in Christ and so it's just that power tripping of who's in charge and and, and egos get in the way and I think that causes a lot of problems uh, it, it gets to miscommunications and hurt feelings and I, there was a time when I was really um, just out of high school really active in, in ministry at that point and there was kind of a falling out with some uh, with the youth pastor that I had and uh, we still worked together but there were a lot of hard feelings and, and whatnot and I think what got us to overcome with that because I still work with him today is that uh, we 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 left everything on the table we talked it out like adults and um, we really prayed a lot and I think that's how we overcame it it, it's, it was a really long cycle of trying to get over there and there's still some of that but now we kind of know how to work with each other know each other's gifts and i think it's perseverance really mm. you, you don't give up there, you know church is perfect no ministry is perfect and there's going to be highs and lows we really just have to continue to seek god and persevere everyone can just leave when it's not um you know great 
but we need to stick it through for at least for a little bit and then if at that point it doesn't seem like God's really using it then sure after a time period you can leave but I think it's the perseverance in that time hmm. how long did that whole process of reconciliation take man this one took took a long time to be honest it was uh I would say maybe five to six years wow. total um it was a big one because uh, I was in leadership positions and he was too um we had similar passions and and so that kind of you know made like a tug of war which wasn't necessary hmm. it it took a while hmm. and uh I, it was a process it's still a process yeah yeah well good on you for sticking it out for five or six years and and really doing the hard work of of reconciliation yeah it was whew, man just thinking about it but yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was a process um Gary, this isn't one of the questions on here, and it's kind of unrelated to ministry, but Starbucks. Yes. What uh, What's the craziest thing in general that you've seen at Starbucks? Oh, man. Uh, okay, wow. Well. <laughs> um, craziest thing I've seen at Starbucks. Uh, this is a, a loaded question. I've seen, honestly, quite a lot. Um, we ran out of water before. Water? We didn't have water, and you need what? Basically, you need you need water, and so I, and we didn't quite close the store either, because we could still sell some of our teas that were already pre-made and things like that. But we were open the entire time; we didn't close or anything, and we were just blatantly losing money. Oh. Uh, um, we every so often, any Starbucks will get a, a celebrity or so, and the only thing that's crazy to me about it is all my partners are jumping around and I'm like who's that I have no idea who who they're talking about um so I guess there's some some crazy moments some sad moments too that I had a customer pass away in my store oh wow um uh it was an interesting situation but uh yeah that's yeah. that's definitely some that's some crazy pretty crazy stuff yeah um yeah what's your what's your drink of choice oh <laughs> I've um Man, I don't really have a drink of choice anymore. I'm very picky. Hmm. I can't go to a Starbucks and order something complicated or anything like that because I'll just critique it <laughs> like crazy. So I have more of a system at this point. All right. My wife gets on me about having too many systems, but I feel like it's the only way to somewhat be sane. Uh, so I'll just show you how crazy I am and I'll give you my little schedule. Mondays I do hot green tea. Uh... Tuesdays I'll do uh, cold green tea. Uh, Wednesdays tomorrow I'll do dark coffee, a uh, black coffee. Uh, Thursdays I typically don't work. I'll do more ministry type stuff, so I don't have coffee. Fridays I'll do iced coffee, no ice. And Saturdays I was like a free day. And Sundays I'll do an iced caramel macchiato. So there you go. Wow, <laughs> wow, that is pretty pretty planned and scheduled out there. Yeah. Um, Gary, three practical tips to, to doing ministry well. If you could share that with our with our listeners, uh, what would those three tips be? Uh, definitely. Uh, number one, I think that um, to do ministry well, you have to seek God and study His Word always. I don't think we're successful in ministry if God isn't at the forefront. And um, I can think of some times when God wasn't quite at the forefront in something that maybe I had planned or been a part of, and it really affected things. It was more about us than it was about God. So... 
um, really we've got to seek God and study his word always which leads into my number two um, my number two is start early hmm. you know I think earlier I alluded to how I've already started to plan you know for this children's camp already and uh, I've already started to plan for another mission trip coming up and, and I've done I'm doing that by seeking God now and, and studying his word evaluating where what were our successes in this past camp and what were our failures and really um, uh, talking with a lot of the people there to see what we can work on to be better and who's really ready um, to go on the the bigger mission trips you know we God's in control of that and, and but we want to be responsible at the same time so it, it might come off as uh, oh we're not gonna let so-and-so go on the trip because we feel like they're not ready it's not the case but we really want to be responsible and good stewards of the opportunity that God gives us so that's kind of about that and I think alluding to uh, here's my number three alluding to my my problems with uh, ministry in the past uh, communicate uh, you've got to overly com- communicate. Um, you've got to you've got to make sure you're letting everybody know what's going on. And I think in terms of, I'm speaking of that in terms of my role. Oftentimes, in, I'm in the leadership role. If I'm not communicating expectations to my team, whether it be in Starbucks or on in the mission field or at church or something, then it's going to cause uh, dissension. It's going to cause problems, uh, hurt feelings, and things like that. So I try to over communicate and um, I'm gonna add a fourth one in for you yeah yeah uh, the thing I've been pushing a lot lately is discipleship and so I uh, from top to bottom discipleship um, making sure that I'm being discipled in some way or another and making sure that uh, everyone is trying to disciple somebody else mm-hmm. in, in, at the end of Matthew it tells us to go and make disciples of all nations it's our responsibility and so I've been really uh, pushing that and I think a, a good uh, how do I evaluate if we're being successful at that is if I I left say my store or I left the ministry like how I lead worship if I left leading worship um, would somebody else be able to take the place and, and fill that void without me being there uh, so that's kind of how I'm seeing if people are comfortable enough to to see if we are actually discipling or not so hmm. yeah that kind of ties in with starting early you know if you if that's your evaluation process if I leave this now would somebody else be able to pick it up that you, you've got to be really intentional about training those people people up early uh, before you're even thinking about leaving so that's that's really good um, I want to just kind of go back to a couple of these things you said seeking God and studying his word is the first one um, seeking God probably means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. <laughs> yeah. So what does is, what is seeking God look like for you? Uh, for me personally, and I think that's a, a good follow-up question, this is what I do. And I think um, we all kind of got to find a way to communicate with God on a regular basis. So that will be different for people. But I, So I'll share with what I do. Um, I like to walk. Uh, I'll pray and walk a lot because I... I'm I'm often on my feet, so I I use that time to really pray, mm. and I find a place to go ahead and walk. So I will literally take that time and pray about certain things and seek Him there. Mm. At the same time, I also spend time uh, doing my devotions, studying God's Word. Like I'm in the Book of Hebrews right now, for example. So I'll just study God's Word, and sometimes I'll take Hebrews with me, walking, and this is just just the way I learn. And so, and then 
uh, depending on my time, I'll write it out to make sure I have some clear thoughts down. And especially if I have some uh, aha moment, I'll write it in my iPhone or write it in my notebook, my composition book. And just to, to go, be able to go back to it, I think, um, see if that was something that was really something that was God God was telling me so mm. that's how I see God I'll, I'll, I'll pray regularly and I, and if I feel like I have some exciting idea for some ministry um, I get really excited but then it's sometimes the most dumbest idea ever <laughs> and so that's why I have a few friends too when I'm after you know seeing guys hey what's this idea you know uh, let me tell you about this idea I have and ooh my friends will sometimes say I don't know if that's quite a good idea so I have good friends who are willing to be honest with me mm. in my excitement um, and it's just depressing in, in the beginning because you know <laughs> I, I can get excited and I was jumping up and down for this idea no no I don't know if that was going to work uh, I guess you're right and, and then I have to go back to Lord you got me excited but really probably wasn't from God at that mm. point but um yeah, that's how I, I see God. I, I, I feel like I also surround myself with a, I have a good church family around mm-hmm. me and people around me who, who will be honest with me. And uh, uh, if I have questions I, or ideas, mm-hmm. I'll shoot it to them and then I'll, it'll either get the hammer or it'll get uh, <laughs> the go ahead, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then your last one, discipleship, you're, you're saying that you're really trying to make sure that you're submitted to someone else's discipleship, someone's pouring into you, and at the same time, you're pouring into others. Um, that word discipleship is kind of a, a buzzword as well and, and probably means a lot of different things to different people. So really just kind of explain what you're, what you're meaning when, you're, when you are saying discipleship. Right. When I, I, I think of discipleship, somebody who is uh, or being discipled, I think there's somebody who's going to come alongside you, pray with you, be honest with you, mm. uh, study God's word with you, They'll probably know God's word better than you, so they can really direct you and and help you if you you just took something out of context because you didn't do the research. So they would help you to find that context or that big, really Christiany word that you don't really know. Um, uh, let me, in terms of ministry wise, when I think of discipleship, the most effective discipleship that I've I've uh, I firmly believe in is one-on-one discipleship. Mm. Uh, for example, I have Bible study with a bunch of young boys every other Wednesday night, and um, when I'm having, they're they're youth boys, hard to keep focused. <laughs> you know, they're comfortable, so they'll you know do silly things and and be boys, but uh, or young men, and so uh, that isn't always the effective time. It's an important time if I can get them to listen for a half an hour or so, and I feel we do. But uh, whenever I take them out individually, one on one, it's mm. far more effective. I do. I feel like we've we really talk. The distraction level is down, and uh, I feel that's when the best discipleship has happened throughout any ministry I've done. When anybody tries to do group ministry, group uh, discipleship or studying of God's word, uh, the follow up with a one on one person is far better. Mm. Yeah, so I think that kind of discipleship, you get that. If you find somebody so dedicated to do that with you, I would suggest getting on that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, the last question is just what's been inspiring you lately? Has there been a book or a resource um, that's just really getting you going? Yeah, I'd say, um, well, coming back from this camp has been pretty inspiring. Uh, I've got a lot of energy from that that camp, um, and the process of studying it has been pretty exciting. So... Uh, 
uh, Hebrews. I've been studying Hebrews a lot, like I mentioned earlier, and I, I have the opportunity and the privilege to be able to speak at my church on Sunday. So the preparation for that is something uh, that I enjoy. And then we're, we're reporting the mission trip on Sunday and, and at, at the same time. So I'm really loving the the chance to study Hebrews right now and the commentaries that uh, that go with it. So hmm. is there uh one commentary or a couple that you or your go-to commentaries? Uh, they're just I, I just purchased them, so I don't know all the authors. Just to be honest, I have like six or seven commentaries on just Hebrews alone right now, um, because and, and so you may ask why Hebrews. A uh, long time ago in January, we had prayerfully gotten to the point where. The book that we were going to t- take these little kids through was the book of Hebrews. Oh, wow. And so we've been uh, studying Hebrews for a while. And to think we're taking little kids through the book of Hebrews, uh, that's not a small right. task. Uh, so the, the the process of getting to that, we've had the whole team memorize scripture before uh, going on this mission trip. Because we expect these kids at the camp to memorize scripture. Hmm. So how can we expect them to memorize if we ourselves can't? Right take the time to do the same thing so um, there's a lot of Hebrew commentaries that I'm going through just so that I can get the clearest picture possible hmm. for these kids yeah. and that's kind of I guess partially why I can't give a good answer for <laughs> one particular commentary it's it's uh, I'm looking for the common threads and hmm. using those as strong pushing points for the book of Hebrews yeah that's good um, so who do you think wrote Hebrews Oh man, <laughs> should have known you were gonna ask me that. You talked to me about that. At, um, I don't think it's Paul. Um, There's one point I had leaned more closely to to John, um, but I kind of got away from John, um, and then I went to um, who was it? Well, let me just say this. I I I go back and forth with who I think writes it and for good reason um, because uh, scholarly people who theologians go back and forth themselves (laughs) so it makes it a little difficult Um, it is a fun little debate I think it's important to know the context I'm one thing I think maybe you don't know is that I was a history major got a BA in history so the context is important to me so when I find out that I don't know who the writer is it is at, at first it's a it's a kind of a problem for me because I need to build the best picture possible Um, so in terms of that it was a a struggle at first but one of my uh, good friends his name is Jonah he's going out for his doctorate so he can school me in in any theological whatever he was like well you have to go into the Hebrew context of the words and and all that stuff and then match it to actual people who've written something before and I knew that already but he was just just everything he said at, I think at the time had made me like, all right, I'm going to take a little break from trying to figure mm-hmm. out because it's not as important. The book of Hebrews has so much to it. Um, getting the the uh, the Christians at the time to understand that it wasn't about the sacrifices that were being made, but really it was just about Christ and that he paid the ultimate price. And I think understanding where the direction is and the major themes in Hebrews was more important. I got myself to that point where finding the major themes uh, and the direction of the book of Hebrews was more important um, than needing to find out the author. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
That's good. Um, you mentioned you're working with with young men, young boys. What what age group are you working with that you're teaching them the big book of Hebrews? Uh, so those that's high school uh, boys. Okay. We we it's a smaller that that particular group is a smaller group of boys. Um, um, they're about they range from well freshman to senior. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we might bring in a few. Some are graduating and going off to high school, and uh, we're we're they've they've come a long way and uh, excited for their next steps in in life. Um, and their responsibility is to go and disciple kids younger than them. Hmm. That's something that I've begun to make clear for them. Hmm. So in terms of little ministry things, running the soundboard, hmm. uh, you know, doing the projector or you know the, those slides and things like that, getting kids to get that ownership early and young. And I think that's part of the reason why I do that is because I started really young. Hmm. I was in seventh grade and I was starting to get really active in ministry young, and I feel like. You get them younger, it's really hard to get them. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you don't, in college, it's really hard. At that yeah. point, you're you're looking for a life. You're you're busy, right. and you don't really understand ministry or, or anything like that. So, I I try to get them young. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Gary, thanks so much for uh, being interviewed. I really appreciate your time. Would you just close us out by uh, praying for our listeners? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Laura, I just thank you for this opportunity and this time, and I really pray that uh, what was said here is just honoring to you first and, and foremost, Lord. I pray that uh, um, we would seek you in all things, and I pray that in whatever ministry that any of us are a part of, that it would really be to the glory of your name, that you would be known and magnified. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do, and we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Gary, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. If you've enjoyed this episode of Doing Ministry Well, you can help us out by rating, commenting, and subscribing on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your friends. Check out the podcast notes to find out more about today's guests and other resources mentioned on this episode. To find out more about Doing Ministry Well, check out our website, www.doingministrywell.com. And if you have any questions, comments, or a suggestion on who we should interview next, email us at doingministrywell at gmail.com. To find out more about me, your host, visit my blog at www.jimjessbaker.com. That's www.jimjessasinjessicabaker.com. All links are Amazon affiliate links and help us out when you make a purchase through them.